For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman, joined by former Raider great Stanford route and ex-chief and current co-host of the Chiefs Concerns podcast jason dunn gentlemen how we doing doing wonderful doing wonderful you know uh this uh this this morning out here is is beautiful uh it's raider week uh (laughs) okay uh i think uh this is the time so a good wednesday coming in talking about some football is 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 uh i i can't think of a better day to have to start it off than doing something like this yeah, you know, I, I second everything Jason just said. Uh, Wednesday morning, got to talk about football. Uh, it's that time of the year. We're now in October where we've gone ahead. We've now entered into the second quadrant of the season. So now we're getting to where that real football is going to be played in. What a better matchup than the Raiders and Chiefs coming up Monday Night Football. Well, Stan, let's go back to Sunday. The Raiders picked up their first win of the season against the Broncos. Josh Jacobs ran for yep. 144 yards. The defense was opportunistic. Uh, they scored their first touchdown, I believe in three years. I know it's only one win, but did it temporarily save their season? Emphasis on temporarily. Um, I think that uh, when you when you go back and look at it, obviously Josh Jacobs had a big day. Hopefully he, that's something he can go ahead and try to see if he can go ahead and elongate or stretch that out throughout the remainder of the season. That would be great for him. But I think just for getting that W, getting off of the pine, getting off of that goose egg in the win column, Hopefully, he's going to do uh, pay big dividends for the team psyche, for the belief, for that faith that's in Josh McDaniels. And then we'll see if maybe they can go ahead and string that into a couple consecutive victories and then hopefully get back into this AFC West race. Jason, let me ask you, the Chiefs knocked off Tom Brady and the Bucks Sunday night, and they did it in convincing fashion. Was that a statement type of win, putting the rest of the NFL on, on notice that, hey, Everybody's talking about the Buffalo Bills, but don't forget about the Kansas City Chiefs here. Yeah, I mean, no question. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, I said that it was important that the Chiefs uh, got this win back, and especially going out to Indy, which nobody really thought was a, maybe a contender or really championship team, uh, to go out there and get beat on their home turf. And then also uh, what we had lack of offense uh, was concerning. But I, I thought it was very important to come out against Tom Brady and the Bucks defense, which is, you know, one of the top in the league. But, you know, we changed that. Uh, that was it was important. And this was a game to get us back on track just to let everybody know, like you said, put them on notice that the Chiefs are for real. And, you know, everything was talked about going through Tyreek Hill, what we was going to do when he goes down to South Beach, how it was going to be different. And so uh, Patrick Mahomes just showed you and uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire how different this offense could be. And that means throwing the ball to multiple guys that's going to be open. We still got Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football. I know y'all got a good one out there in, in, uh, in, uh, in the Raiders. With the, but the thing is, um, 
we still got weapons. And so mm-hmm. Juju, MBS, um, Sky Moore, McCole uh, uh, Hartman, those guys are still, you know, uh, uh, guys that are, are very, uh, very, very difficult to cover, especially uh, this day and age. But we needed to get back on track, and it was a great win for us. All right, before we get into this rivalry, let me read a promo, keep our sponsor happy. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first two market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and yes, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Chiefs have won eight out of the last nine meetings, including a couple blowouts last year. The Chiefs are seven point favorites. Stan, you played seven seasons with the Raiders. Um, how is this rivalry different, Chiefs-Raiders, compared to other uh, rivalries the Raiders have? Oh, well, for one, it's uh, one of the longest. That's number one. I think that uh, anytime you got a divisional matchup, you're always going to have that type of bad blood, or should I say that healthy level of, 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 of respect, or should I say hatred slash respect between the Chiefs and the Raiders. And I think that over the years, it's uh, it, it's obviously gone through its own metamorphosis. It's evolved, and now with the Chiefs having the Pat Mahomes, they're having uh, obviously an Andy Reid, like just what Dunn said, a Travis Kelsey, no longer having a Tariq Hill, but having it for about those four to five years where he was playing at a really, really high level early on in his career. I think that's when everybody starts to look at, okay, you know what, is this even a rivalry anymore? Kind of like what you said in the open, and that's for the Raiders. They have to go ahead and prove that, you know what, it still is a rivalry. But when you look at how many times the Chiefs have won over the last couple years, it's been pretty much lopsided. And I think that, uh, uh, Dunn, you might be able to help me out on this. I believe the Chiefs outscored the Raiders, what was it, like 90 to, what, 10 or something like that, just both times last year combined. You know, that, that ain't no damn rivalry when you're getting beat like that twice. You know, one time on Sunday night football and then another time at Arrowhead Stadium later on in the season. So I think that uh, when you really look at it, everybody probably from every division, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, uh, uh, Giants, Cowboys, obviously Packers, Bears, Packers, Vikings. You know, I think that when you get to every division, there's always going to be those rivalries that they say are the best ones of all. But I think that uh, for the Chiefs and the Raiders, that's one of the longest ones that you've had in the NFL. So to me, I think that uh, it definitely goes up there as one of the best. Jason, let me ask you, you played eight years for the Chiefs. What was what was Raiders week like there in Kansas City? So the, the week for leading up to the game is is always uh, is 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 very particular because everybody in in the building understands what week it is, and so when you come in, you know on Monday it starts off in the locker room and they have a big sign. It's Raider Week, okay? <laughs> so it that right there at all the you know spurs you know the competition and you like look we understand that this week is different, and I know you said uh, uh, Stanford you know how things are you know it's lopsided right now, but. As we know, when we played each other, it was always still a hard-fought game. It's always, always. Gonna, you know, always, yes, yeah. And so it, it meant something different for the ones in the building, and of course, everybody in Kansas City. And it's just always how it's always been. And mm-hmm. this being a, a long-fought, you know, uh, division rivalry that we see, 
uh, there's just a lot of bad blood there. You know, we've had, yep. we had coaches that were on the Raiders staff that were coming to the meetings to talk about, well, you know what, they do it differently out there. You know, of course, in Oakland at the time and, you know, the way they do things and, you know, it's a terrible organization. So I'm, I'm not going to name who the coaches were, but But I, when I'm telling you with bad blood, yeah. there's a lot of bad blood uh, mm -hmm. between Kansas City and, uh, and, and Oakland or Las Vegas now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. We still say <laughs> Oakland on this podcast. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I still it's natural, don't it's normal. Attention. It, it, it really yeah, is. It's it's, let me ask you guys. You guys obviously you played for the Chiefs. You played for the Raiders. Is is how is it different from when maybe you played a Denver or maybe when you played as San Diego Chargers back? What is? How is it different? Oh Either man, uh, I think that I think for 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 us, it was always obviously you know with the San Diego then San Diego Chargers right. now obviously L.A. Chargers. Uh, that was more so kind of like the battle of like Northern California versus Southern California. And, you know, because obviously with California being a predominantly uh, Latino state, it even has a Latino name. So many cities within the state have have Latino uh, heritage type of names. Some people would always kind of call it like the battle of like Little Mexico. That's what a lot of fans would always mm. call it. Not us fans would. So that was number one. So that was why it was a little different. The Denver Broncos, that's a big time rivalry, the Raiders and the Broncos, but still nothing like the Chiefs and the Raiders. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know exactly what happened way back when in the, you know, 50s or 60s or whatever, but I just know that anytime we were getting ready to play the Chiefs, it was always a different level of energy as far as the rivalry that uh, that they would talk about within the facility, you know, within even Al Davis, God rest his soul, whoever our head coach was at the time. And just kind of like what Jason was saying, just like, you know, even within the building, you know, people in the front office or people in the ticket office or just, you know, the the trainers, the equipment managers, people like that. It was just always a different feel. So I know that it's different. I can't exactly tell you why it's different because I probably wasn't even born uh, whenever it became such a fierce, you know, bad blood, hatred in the water type of rivalry. I just know that it's definitely a different feel, especially amongst the fans. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, you know, where the affinity for other teams that we had, like, like I said, coaches come from other places that might have been with the Chargers or could have been with, with the Broncos. Uh, was different than it was with the Raiders. And I think part of that rivalry had to start with Al Davis. And Al yeah. Davis uh -huh. being, his, you know, being his own self, right? That, that was the thing about it. Al Davis was the trendsetter to say, I'm going to do it my way, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just rubbed a lot of the owners and people in, in the league the wrong way. It just really yeah. did. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it where it might have been some of that contention between teams. Uh, and, and, you know, you could, you could look at it like this. We always thought when we was out there at Oakland and the Raiders always had a dark cloud over mm. out of whatever reason. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, seriously. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And it was just always that feel for whatever reason. It was always like, you know, all oh, is, you know, it's like a penitentiary out there. Right. I mean, you got you got what's the name of uh, what's, uh, what's the big Alcatraz. Alcatraz, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, they got half the people probably from Alcatraz, you know, that was on the team. So that, that's what we were hearing. We was hearing stories like that, you know, it was just, you know, just like that. That's what it was. And and so I loved 
actually going out there and playing in Oakland. I, I did. I, I absolutely loved it. And I'll tell you this quick story. So we were we were on the bus coming to the game. And so five miles, all you see is just Raiders. Yep. That's it. People mm-hmm. just all oh, blowing at you, honking their horns. I mean, they're mooning you. I mean, for five miles straight, that's all you see. Yeah. And so when you get into when you get into the stadium, I literally, I kid you not, this one game, it was like a dark cloud over the entire stadium. It was like we just went into like the pits of hell for some reason. I just we just there all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and then you see like all the uh, uh, the Hell's Angels, the motorcycles up against mm-hmm. the fence. And I'm sitting there like, man, what is going on? Like I, this is just doesn't make any sense. We go into the stadium, <laughs> and so. We had to hold up on the buses because there, there was an older gentleman that was in a wheelchair uh, that they had to push, you know, past the buses. Well, he's in a wheelchair. He pushes past the buses. You know, he's, you know, he just kind of decrepit, bent over. And he turns, he looks up, and he flips us off. I'm like, oh, this is, this is insane. This is just this madness right now. This madness, you know. I mean, he could have been, could have been 110 years old. Yeah. And, you know, he just... You know, he just had to get that in. Yeah, he he just had to get that in, and that's that's kind of what the feel was playing mm-hmm. against the Raiders. That that that's it. And so I think it's where all the love loss came, just over the history of the time nowadays, and just the feel of, of certain things. So, yeah, you know, Jason, he fun- was just trying to. Start, start, I just was Jason. He was just trying to welcome you to Oakland. That's all he was yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oakland way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that it's funny that Jason says that, bringing up Al D. And that's one thing that really comes to mind. I remember hearing this uh, over and over a lot of in my early years. So like for for Mike Shanahan, obviously Super Bowl winning coach, Denver Broncos uh, throughout the 90s. Uh, I remember at one point in time he was coaching for the Raiders. And mm-hmm. the thing about Al, God rest his soul. But, you know, right. Al, Al was a G and Al had no issue. Matter of fact, I think he even kind of got a sick pleasure out of this of firing coaches and not paying them. Because you know, mm-hmm. as a coach, you get fired, they still owe you the remest- the, the remainder of your contract. It's, it's fully guaranteed as a coach. And I think that uh, he fired Mike Shanahan, didn't pay him. So when Mike Shanahan became the coach of the Denver Broncos, like he always wanted to stick his foot on our neck anytime. So like I'm talking about, there would be times where we're playing the Broncos. They're already up by like ten points with like three minutes left to go in the game, and like they're still pushing the ball down the field trying to score a touchdown and i remember that's i forget who it was that told me this in the locker room it's like he's like stan you know this got a lot to do with al right and i'm like for real he's like yeah man he's like mike shanahan he fired him and didn't pay him so mike shanahan so we gotta pay for <laughs> the stuff that alice did <laughs> so so yeah so you bringing up al d yeah i think that uh that probably also just I would say just, you know, adds to it just, you know, makes a little bit more punch in that uh, in that hatred as far as like people not feeling a certain way about Al, people having their own issues with Al, people, you know, having their own disdain or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I think that uh, definitely uh, adds to it. All right, let's get to Sunday's game now. And Stan, <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, the Josh Jacobs, 144 yards, rushing two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, they were very balanced on offense uh, against the Broncos. Do you think this is a recipe that they need to follow up with on Monday night uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, especially on the road. I think Arrow that uh, so loud. Yeah, I think that uh, they're definitely going to have to be balanced, but not because 
just simple for the for the simple nature of it. I think that they're going to need to be balanced so that way they can go ahead and keep Pat Mahomes off the field, keep him on the sideline. That to me, right there, is uh is the biggest component because we all know the weakness of the Raiders is what their secondary and Pat Mahomes is a quarterback. So you know, do the math right there. But I think that ultimately, if uh if I'm looking at the Chiefs from top to bottom throughout their defense, obviously they got Justin Reed, my boy. He's now a new acquisition playing free safety for them. But if I'm just thinking about the Chiefs as a whole as a defense, I would probably venture to say that I would that I would want to go ahead and test their secondary before trying to run on Chris Jones, Frank Clark, all those guys up there in the middle. So, yeah, you want to be balanced so you can go ahead and control the clock and keep Pat Mahomes off of the football field. But I think as far as the keys to victory, I think you'll probably have more success through the air than you will on the ground. Jason, let me ask you this. The Chiefs defense only giving up 65 rushing yards a game. Is that a case because they are that stout against the run? Or is it a case where they built big leads and teams are having to throw the ball to try to play catch up? I, I really believe it's a combination of both. Uh, and like he alluded to, he was just talking about Justin Reed, a guy that we got in, young guy from Houston, yep. who's, who's coming in and just taking in and taking the reins of being the leader on the, on the defense. And he's done a tremendous job with a very young secondary uh, of, of guys out there. And Spags does a good job putting guys in position to make plays. Mm-hmm. And so he trusts those guys. That's a good thing to do. You know, as a coach, you know, if you can have uh, the pieces around you that you can trust and you got enough of, of the older guys with, uh, you know, Chris Jones, of course, um, in, in the middle, uh, you got, you know, Bolton right there that's sitting, you know, a middle linebacker and then a Justin Reed, then you could kind of orchestrate the guys that you want around you to, to do what they want to do. Uh, I think one of the things that defensively uh, stopping the run has been a combination of the play of the defensive line and the linebackers actually doing a great job. So as we know, the guys up front free up the guys in the middle. And if Mm -hmm. the things that they're not doing a good job at the defensive line, then you just don't really have anything to stop in the rush. And so we had a, a, a really good outing. I would say it against one of the top two running backs in the league uh, against Fournette, right? And, 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 and Jonathan uh, in Indianapolis. And so when you, when you have that, it gives you confidence, right? That's one thing you, you want to be able to, you know, make sure that you're trying to do, convey to other people having confidence of stopping the run. Now we look, we know Josh Jacobs is a guy that he can break it at any time. You know, he's one of those kind of, uh, I, I look at a guy that I played with, with the Raiders in, in Philadelphia, Charlie uh, Garner, mm-hmm. a long time ago, so, sure. you know, Charlie G, he has that ability to go hit his head on the goalpost at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a key to go ahead and, you know, kind of corral. Not really worried about Carr getting outside of the pocket. He's a good pocket passer. But you got that big monster on the outside and Devontae Adams. And so we're still trying to figure out why he only has 290 yards receiving uh, when you, you have probably one of arguably the best wide receiver in football, right? So we'll try to keep you know, uh, Devontae in, 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 in under, under wraps uh, this week. Uh, that's going to be a key for victory, but also, too, uh, this new guy, uh, Mac Hollis. I don't really know too much about him, but then you got Waller, right? We know he's another guy who's coming back from the injury, who's playing really well. Uh, and so we know y'all got pieces. We know that. But the defense has been playing awesome. Uh, hopefully that continues. Uh, and we know when, when the Raiders come in, it, it's going to be a difficult task. Yeah, the Raiders did a good job of getting Devontae Adams more involved in the offense last week. I think they had nine receptions for over 100 yards. Actually, Derek Carr scrambled for 43 yards last week. And what, 
five first downs. Oh, wow. stand. Yeah, yeah, it was something very different. Yeah. He said, you know, I think he said that John Gruden had always been preaching to him, run more, run more, and he's been more conscious about staying in the pocket for the first three games, but he actually used his legs quite a bit against the Denver Broncos uh, on Sunday. Jason, let me ask you this. You hit on it a little bit earlier, but how is the Chiefs offense different without Tyreek Hill? Can you expand on that? Yeah. I think what it is, is, is the collection of guys, I think, makes it stronger. It's a different offense all, all the way around. Where Tyreek was the guy that you could, you know, throw down the field, you know, the whole, you know, Tyreek's down there somewhere type of throw to now all of a sudden you got all these pieces around you that have a lot of ability, you know, that can mm -hmm. go up and go catch the football, who have been maybe a one on the team and maybe a possible two starter, you know, from the previous uh, teams they've been on, who actually come in collectively as a unit who I think is stronger. I, I just, I just do. And so you, you see Juju, who's, who's catching a lot of balls. MBS is kind of, he's starting to get going a little bit. Uh, Hardman is another guy that we're trying to get going. Uh, but like I said, we still got Travis Kelsey and we got a, a Sky Moore, our first round pick. And so with Andy, you know, Andy likes throwing the football all around. And then you got a talented arm slinger and gunslinger in uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so we know he can make any throw that that has been invented. He's making throws. We've seen just he's a magic man. Yep. You know, he's doing things that you just never seen on the football field before. Uh, especially like in that vein of, of, of doing things. But I think that's where the things are different because Tyreek was a guy that you knew you can give him either a sweep, you can give him a five-yard hitch, mm -hmm. or you can throw the deep ball, right? So that's the way it looks different. But I think it's a better offense because now because you have such more uh, options and ability uh, to get the ball to all these different pieces. So Stan, let me ask you this. You and Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, you're putting together a game plan to try to uh, slow down this Chiefs offense, what does it look like? Oh, wow. I think that uh, obviously, just like what Jason said, it's a little bit different because you don't have Tariq Hill taking the top off the defense. Uh, but I think that right now, you still have to make sure that you key in on Travis Kelsey because best tight end in the league. Even if you dislike him, you would put him no worse than third or something like that. So I think that you got to make sure that you key in on Kelsey. That's number one. I think that you have to do a great job, and not too many teams have been able to do this, the Bucs in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and then maybe the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC title game. Only about, you know, you only see this maybe once or twice a year, but Andy Reid does have the tendency to abandon the run game. You got to find a way to try to make the Chiefs, albeit, or should I say, Andy Reid, one-dimensional. And then that's when you're able to have some success because if you're just letting them go out there and play balanced, running the ball with Clyde Edwards and Lair, drop back with Pat Mahomes, find Travis Kelsey, MBS, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, all of those boys, it's going to be a tough day for you. So I think that for the Raiders to go ahead and slow down this offense, they have to also make sure that they are methodical with their offense, being balanced, running the ball, drowning out the clock. And then when you get to the defense side of the ball for the Raiders, if I'm Patrick Graham, I've got to make Pat Mahomes go the long, hard way. I can't give up the deep ball. I can't give up the shot. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try to take Kelsey out of the game. I got to neutralize him. And then I'm going to force everybody else to simply beat me in one-on-one -on -one coverage. If it's an obvious passing down, I'm going to play top down. I'm going to make him throw, throw the short passes. I'm going to come up, rally, make the tackle. And then I want to force Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes, one of these young quarterbacks, he's not as young, but still about a year five or six. 
I got to go ahead and I got to force him to get antsy. I got to force him to be impatient. He's a, he's a, he's like a Corvette. He's like a, he's like an exotic car. Exotic cars, they ain't trying to go 30 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> like they want to go ahead, open up. They want to show everybody how fast they are. And to put it in quarterback terms, Pat Mahomes wants to show off his arm. So I got to go ahead and bait him into trying to take those shots while we're in cover two. That way I can make him pay. As you've seen, the teams that have been successful with him over the last couple of years, it ain't been many Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So I got to make. Andy Reid be one-dimensional, and then I got to make Pat Mahomes get antsy and impatient. Jason, let me ask you, we hit on, uh, excuse me, Derek Carr a little bit earlier. He's such a lightning rod for this fan base. What are your thoughts of Derek Carr? Look, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I'm a Derek Carr fan just for the simple fact of his character uh, as being a leader. Uh, He's a talented quarterback. I think he's highly underrated, to be honest with you. so I, I think he brings a lot to the table. He, he to me, is, is a great quarterback. I would have I, I loved to play with, with a guy like that, no doubt about it. Uh, but I, I think sometimes, like we, we were saying before, uh, he's not going to be a runner. But if, it, if he starts using his legs, which we know he has that ability, we know he can run. He's an athletic guy, too. Uh, that might uh, drum up a lot of uh, problems. For, for defenses. So, but I think Derek Carr does a great job, uh, at, you know, as, as a starter, uh, he has a very strong arm. Uh, we were kind of talking about this the other day. We were talking about the Carr brothers and how my, my, one of my cousins is a huge Raiders fan. Okay. Uh, and I don't know why, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about the Carr brothers and I was just like, man, his brother was, was, was a good quarterback. You know, he mm-hmm. just, sacked a lot he's just yep. you know the injuries and stuff yep. just added up but he was a he was a great quarterback i said but i think Derek, man is, is is actually shown how good of a quarterback he really is so i, I like him but I, I know he's a dangerous quarterback there's no doubt about it man and with the weapons around him that's another thing so uh we can't let him get going you just can't because you know if you give him time he's going to pick you apart you know so I, nobody I, I don't think anybody questions his ability you know, so I don't I don't know why they have a lot of hate or why they don't think he's an elite quarterback. In, in, in my opinion, I think Derek Carr is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league right now, to be honest with you. Now, Jason, I get it. I appreciate it. You know, you're being yeah, being obviously complimentary and all that, this and the other. But come on now, as a as a former Chiefs player, somebody who's a part of Chiefs kingdom being yeah. on the Chiefs podcast. Yes, you're right. Derek Carr has a lot of ability. If he starts to run more, that'll open up the defense. It'll open up the offense a little bit more. No doubt about that. But come on now. And let's just go ahead and just call it what it is. He has a lot of ability. We know that. But yes. it seems like it's always something that just leaves you wanting more. It seems like there's always something that just leaves a little bit left to be desired as far as what he's putting out on the field versus what you know he's capable of doing. And right. I mean, shoot, if I was part of Chiefs Kingdom, I'd feel, I'd feel exactly what I'm about to say. There is a certain level of comfort that you may always have in because I know he's got the ability, but for some reason, it just doesn't always transfer over on a consistent basis. That's what gives you a certain level of confidence just as a player or should I say as an opponent that uh, he's going to kind of find his own way to kind of, you know, mess it up a little bit. Well, I, I, I say this, and it, 
you know, you don't want to catch him on one of those days that he's, he's hitting on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about him, right? Because, you know, he'll hit you for 400 and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, man, where did this come from, right? Mm -hmm. But we know he has that capability. And that's always the hard thing is you don't want that to be this Sunday. We don't want uh -huh. that to be that day, especially in the division, <laughs> right? And so yeah. that's that's the difficult part of it. Uh, but I, you know what? I, look, I'm going to say this, Stan, uh, Stanford. I think part of that, to be honest with you, was part of the coaching. That's just my opinion you about say, it. You, wait, wait, you say coaching or culture? Co coaching. So oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, this is so, what, his yeah. sixth head coach, and, and who on. knows how many offensive coordinators he's gone through. Exactly. Man, I mean, how hard would that be to play under that? I mean, yeah. not having any type of continuity as far mm -hmm. as, like, the system that you're running. Yeah. You know, when, when Gruden came in, and then, of course, he, I was on his back. He's trying yeah. to, yeah, you know, he's, he's trying mm -hmm. to please him, and, you know, how, how do I, you know, deal with this whole thing? It's, it's difficult for him. Look, no we, we, look we know there's been a hard road. And I think that's what a lot of it has been. I think Derek Carr, without a doubt, like I said, I'm going to go back and say it again. I think he's an elite quarterback in this league. But I think it is that consistency, right? I mm -hmm. think it is that having somebody there that actually is going to stick. And so I don't know, McDaniels, I know he had a talking to, you know, they brought him in to talk to him mm -hmm. and spank him or whatever they, they decided to do with him, right? I don't know, get it going. But I think Derek, if he has somebody, that uh, that believes in him and is, is consistent, I think he'll do a much better job. But I, I hey, look, yeah, I just don't want I'm that right to be you. this Sunday. I don't want it to be this <laughs> Sunday. Okay? Hey, <laughs> just don't. hey, well, now listen, listen, Jason, you want it to be this Sunday because we play y'all Monday night. So, oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, Monday. Yeah. I'm, I'm so you you, you sorry. want it to be this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, the day before, yeah. Hey, make all the throws, be perfect in everything that you do, right? The perfect place, do everything on Sunday. Right, Monday night, totally different thing. My fault on that is great. It's wonderful. Oh, That's good. It. All right, gentlemen, let's play the over-under <clears throat> game now. Excuse me, got a frog in my throat. All right, the over-under in this game is 51 points. Stan, over or under the two teams combined? Mm. Ooh, uh, oh, man, over-under 51 points. You know, it's Monday Night Football. Uh, I know that place is going to be rocking at Arrowhead. Trust me, I played there before. Uh, I would. I'm going to say, I'm going to say over. I'm going to mm -hmm. say over, Jason. Whoo, man! This this being a, a rivalry game at Arrowhead, things going to be tough, and I know they're going to pull out all stops. I think if we stop the, you know, the rush of Crosby, you know, and Chandler Jones, I think that would be the key for us. Uh, but if they get going, it's going to be a, a long day. Uh, 51 points. Whoo, whoo, man. Mm. I, I'm going to go under. All right. I'm All right. Go under. Uh, let's go to the quarterbacks now. Derek Carr, 200 passing yards. Stan. Uh, I'm thinking right now with my head, he better have uh, 200 <laughs> passing yards. He better have he more had less than 200 passing against because... Denver and they won. So Exactly. And And, and the thing is, I don't see the Chiefs giving up the amount of rushing yards to Josh Jacobs that the that the Broncos did. Now, albeit a lot of them were on draw plays, so you kind of catch the defense a little bit off guard and stuff like that. But I just don't see him having that day against the Chiefs. I would love for him to have that day. So I'm assuming that he's not. That's why I say, Derek Carr, you better have 200 damn passing yards, and you better have an actual touchdown to go along with it. Jason? Yeah, I think he has over 200 yards, and, and, and that'll come at toward the end, you know, because you become one-dimensional. I think that's what's going to end up happening. And so I think Devontae Adams, with him having, like you said, nine catches, 
Yep. And then they're going to, you know, continue to get him going and Waller too. And so I think it's what it's going to be. They're going to be, you know, uh, behind the eight ball early. And so they got to become one dimensional. So yeah, he better, I'm sure he's going to have over 200 yards. All right. Patrick Mahomes averaging not quite 280 yards passing uh, this year. Let's go 300 over unders. Jason, I'll start with you on this one. Ooh, uh, over 300. Yep. Yes. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over, uh, for the simple fact, I think, like you said, the secondary is, is probably Achilles heel, uh, for the Raiders right now. And we got some talented guys and I, and I think they were actually, we had a rhythm last week, putting all those points up against Tampa Bay. And that was, that was a very a tough outing against a, a, a very tough defense. And we hung up all those points on them, all those yards. So over 300 Monday night football. Yes, absolutely. Stan. Oh man. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say over just because I got to go ahead and I got, I got to think with my head weak secondary. Uh, I would probably say over Pat Mahomes. We saw how he looked against Tampa Bay on Sunday night. And those guys, those guys got some pretty good corners. So I'd go ahead and say over. All right. Now, finally, fellas, need a prediction. Stan, let me start with you. Okay, listen. Because uh, Monday night is what Monday night is what is what makes me even push back from what I'm about to say. But I'm thinking with my heart on this one. And I say that because I remember a couple years ago, I believe it was the year 2020. It was week five. Raiders at the Chiefs at Arrowhead. He had a, a timely interception by Eric Harris that helped seal the game. It was a pretty good game. Uh, it was kind of like a shootout. Henry Ruggs, back when he was with the Raiders, made some big plays in that game. So right now we're going to week five again. This time it's going to be Monday night football. I'm thinking that the Raiders can pull this one out. It's going to be more of a shootout. I don't think they can win a slugfest with Kansas City. I don't think they can. So they can just somehow, some way, be the last guy to get the ball. They can go ahead, punch it in. I will go ahead and venture to say, because it's going to be the over of 51, in my opinion, I would go ahead and say, much like two years ago, 34-31. Jason. Mm. Wow. Ooh, 31 points in Arrowhead? That's, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Man, well, uh, listen, I, and, and this is why I'm going with the under. I just I just believe, you know, in Arrowhead, uh, Monday Night Football, uh, it's a, a certain ambiance. Yeah, it is. When you come into the stadium, it is. right? It is. You see all the, the barbecue and the smoke and, yep. you know, the Chiefs. And I mean, it, if you've never been there before, the mm -hmm. young guys, they're going to feel it. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they will absolutely feel the pressure of all of Arrowhead you know, in the fans. So I, I think Patrick Mahomes and them are going to continue with the success offensively. I think they're going to put up 31 points. And this is where I think the, the offensively, Derek Carr is going to have one of those bad games, right? This is the day he's going to have it. Right? He's not going <laughs> so, so we're going we're gonna to be still staying with that. The under, I think they're going to score 17 points. And so I got 31 to 17. That's what's going to be the final score. Uh -huh, and yeah, that's All right. Well, I'm leaning more towards with, with you, Jason. I, I think they're going to cheat. So I'm not even going to give a score. Right? <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Bet Online. From our partner, Stanford Route, our guest, Jason Dennis. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.